Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the show that shares ideas, information, and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name is Lachlan Vane Tempest, and today we have a special episode of Swim.Rocks, because back in August, the Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame announced 37 inaugural honorees. And on their social media pages, they have been celebrating a new honoree each day. And today we are talking to three of those honorees. Later on in this episode, you will hear me talking to the two people who created the infamous Team Toner, Gary and Susie Toner. But first up, we are talking to a former guest of the show and head coach of Woi Woi Swim Club, Graham Carroll. Please enjoy this Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame special. G'day everyone and welcome to this episode of Swim.Rocks and we have an inaugural Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame inductee and also a former guest on Swim.Rocks. It is Graham Carroll. Graham, how are you? Yeah, great. Nice to hear your voice again, Lachlan. It's a beautiful nice to, uh, day. And nice to hear yours as well. Now, last time we uh, chatted with you, you had athletes on bungee cords in their backyard pool. We had dry land exercises. Since then, they've been able to get back in the water. How's everything been? Things are going great. We've been in the water now 16 weeks and uh, kids are really enjoying being at the pool, training every day. I know some people in Sydney still haven't been in the water for a while or have had restrictions on their pools, but luckily on the Central Coast, we've been uh, had a free range basically um, from like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. It's been wonderful. Yeah, fantastic. Now, uh, before we start, everyone should go check out that uh, interview with Graham Carroll. I'll, uh, I don't know, remember what episode it was, but go check it out to get all these career highlights and everything and, and really understand what a, what a great coach he really was. But Graham, congratulations on being inducted into the Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame. Obviously, in this COVID era that we're in, there couldn't be a ceremony or awards night for you to you know, put on a suit and, and look all fancy-dancy. Uh, yeah. how, how did you find out the news? Um, well, initially, I had an email sent to me saying that I was up for nomination. Um, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And I thought originally, you know, we'll see what happens with that because I didn't think I'd done anything special. But then the, the team announcement came with all the people that were nominated and um, in the inaugural list. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So originally, it was from an email, then a phone call, and then uh, had to send in bio of what I'd done on stuff since they'd um, had not find, found a lot of stuff on me and um, and basically just had to wait for the um, stuff to come out on Facebook. Fantastic. And how did you feel when you received the news? You know, what was your reaction? You were saying, oh, yeah, pretty cool, but surely it's a bit more exciting than that. Well, I was a bit, yeah, I was humbled by it. You are humbled when you get a, a yeah. nomination like that. And when I looked through the list of names and there was people like Annette Kellerman, who was, you know, a legend of open water swimming, but also the film industry and Australian swimming and being listed in, in terms with her, um, the swimmers that I coached in, Shelley Taylor-Smith, um, the people I'd been involved with, like you're going to talk to Gary and Susie, um, people in the swimming world of athletes, administrators, just being humbled by knowing that you're uh, in a list with them for the first time. So, yeah, quite humbling and also a great honour. Yeah, awesome. Now, as I read on, on your bio on the Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame's uh, Facebook page, your first open water experience was a national gold medal. Tell us yeah. about that. Oh, well, luckily, down at Freshy Surf Club, a young girl named Perry Lee Gammy, uh, who swam with Carlisle, well, was Darabine back then, um, she was getting ready to do the national championships. He wanted someone just to paddle around and feed her on Manly Dam. And I thought, yeah, well, I'll go and do that. Because, you know, I knew her from the surf club. So I really didn't know what was going on. Um, but I had a chat to her when we got to the, to the Manly Dam site. And I said, how do you want to do this? She said, well, I've got to do 10 laps. And so many kilometres per lap. It's 2.5K. 
And I said, all right, do you know anybody? She goes, no. Nah. I said, do anybody that's good? She goes, I don't know. So we were both raw to that, that type of swimming. Yeah. I said, all right, well, let's just swim it and see what happens. Well, just for the course of me paddling next to her and look, watching her swim, and there was a couple of other girls in there. One of them was Tammy Van Weiss, who was the Australian champion and had represented Australia. She was in front of us, and we just thought, oh, well, you know, she's going to win it. Mm. Um, but halfway through the swim, uh, when we, we'd stop every 20 minutes and I'd give her a jelly bean or something and, yeah, and yeah. just have a chat, so I ask her how she was going. So watching the other girl in front swim, and I just noticed that I said to Perry, I said, we're catching this girl. Do you want to catch her? She goes, oh, yeah, why not? I says, that means you'll win. She goes, yeah. I said, well, we've got four laps to go. If we, and I'd count, I said, we do 200 metres every lap, we'll catch her and then you can have a sprint finish. She said, oh, okay. And she said she felt pretty good. I said, all right. So we just, every lap, we took off 200 metres on her and then we caught up to this Tammy Van Weese and she basically stopped and said, who are you? She goes, no yeah. one. And we just went straight past her. And um, <laughs> Perry Lee said, did we go past her? I said, we're in front. I said, yeah, you're in front. She goes, fantastic. And she took off a little bit faster and off she went. So it was just... Just by chance, I happened to be paddling with her that day and we had fun. We didn't even know what we were doing. We were just swimming around <laughs> in circles and, and we beat the Australian champion and won it. So um, I, I, that was the, the one experience. I didn't handle for her anymore after that because she gave up swimming and there was nothing for open water swimmers anyway. It was just a, yeah. a medal. And I just went home and basically got tired and fell asleep because <laughs> we were out there for five and a half hours. And um, yeah, it was pretty challenging, but it, it was a lot of fun and... And then with coaching, it sort of developed into other areas. Yeah, fantastic. Now, now, Graham, when we talk about marathon swimming, we, we have to mention the name Shelley Taylor-Smith. Yeah. How did you get Shelley to join you in Sydney? Because she's originally from WA, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah Perth. Well, two things happened. One, um, I was coaching a girl named Svenja Schlick who swam for West Germany. Yeah. East Germany, West Germany, it was a combined. She came out to Australia with a boyfriend, David Pullinger, and she had retired from swimming because she'd finished um, England Big Games in 96. Oh, hang mm-hmm. on, I'm going back, 88. And uh, so she was just training with us and swimming quite well. Anyway, she was swimming that well. She sent her times back to Germany. Her coach over there said, come back and swim the trials. She swam the trials and made the West German team. So... David and I said, well, let's go and watch her swim in Perth because we could mm. have a bit of time and we knew some people over there. So we did that. In that um, that weekend, the marathon was on. So Dave and I went to the surf club and grabbed some surf skis and said, let's go and paddle down the Swan River and watch the race. Yeah. Now, we, I knew David O'Brien and I knew Shelley because Shelley and I used to swim together when we were younger as in at competitions at nationals. So we, we oh, knew okay. each other. So that is anyway. So in the course of that, that day, I paddled a ski next to her for about three hours. And then we took off and went and watched David. So we watched the races. So with that, Shelley winning that medal, she then got a scholarship or got a sponsorship, but she had to have the sponsorship in New South Wales. Oh, okay. So she rang me and she said, look, can you coach me for a little while? And my opinion was, well, look, why do you want to swim with me? I don't know anything about open water swimming you know, and maybe you want to swim with Carlisle or someone else or whatever. So she came over and visited. She liked what we saw at Warringah. She got up an apartment. Her sponsor started looking after her with money. And she said, look, I need a handler for the Sydney um, swim. 
Sydney Harbour swim, come down and be my handler for the swim. I said, yeah, what do I have to do? And she said, just go on the boat, feed me every 20 minutes, show me how to swim the, the Sydney Harbour because I go fishing. I was going fishing there, mm. um, which was the best place to go. And then, you know, that'll be it. And I said, terrific. So I walked down to the wharf with a fishing rod, a book, <laughs> a radio, a six-pack of beer, thinking I'm going to spend the day on the harbour, watch her swim and enjoy myself, okay? Yeah. Little did I know that it was <laughs> going to be a long day in the sun, yelling at her and trying to navigate through Sydney Harbour. Well, yeah. so when she saw me, she laughed and told my wife Estelle to get rid of all that gear and threw me <laughs> on the boat. So what we did was I, I, I guided her across Sydney Harbour into Darling Harbour and on our way home, we were again picking up the men and I'd never had any dealings with Shelley in open water, but mm. her husband was there and he said, look, she'll be okay for a little while. She'll get stronger at the back end. She'll be up there towards the finish of the race. So I said, yeah, well, that's whatever. Anyway, so David O'Brien was the favourite. Um, a guy from um, Argentina, Claudio Plitt, was second favourite. Shelley was only supposed to win the women's event. But in the World Series, that was the final race. And whoever won the final race was going to win, you know, the 30,000 US dollars yeah. and be crowned overall winner. Because in, in marathon swimming back then, um, the races were all one event. Male and female right. competed for the right. same prize money. Okay. Right. So off we go. And she was back in fifth place. And her husband, Peter, was saying, this is good. The other guys were in front. But he kept telling me she'll catch them. I went, okay, not really knowing what to do. So I just fed her, gave her notes, kept her positioning in the current on the right part of the harbour, told her where mm. to go. Mm. And because I knew the harbour, we were taking not so much shortcuts, but we weren't being, getting interfered with bad, uh, a bad uh, route. Okay? Yeah, okay. So on our way home, we went past two, two male competitors and we caught up to David, who was 200 metres ahead of us again. Mm -hmm. um, with 5k to go and i said and i said you're 200 meters behind david do you want to win this or not she said yeah of course i said well let's go so she took off and <laughs> we basically went around david he was dying and um so we won the race or she won the race and she was crowned world series champion overall women's champion male champion everything won the thirty thousand us plus the hundred thousand us total prize money for the winning the overall series Oh, now, my goodness. Yeah. So, again, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I just gave her the, the, the correct course to go on, and she won. <laughs> but what happened from that event, okay, and this is a, a life, uh, no, a life, a someone that you meet in your life that changed things for the future mm. is Shelley in this particular race. Because immediately after that race, when they had their next meeting, um, they decided from that point onwards that, they would have separate races for male and female. Oh, wow. Okay, because she's the only female in any event, get mm. this, that has started with a male and beaten them over the same course, same distance, same time. Yeah. Okay? So from that time onwards, all the races were now separate because, A, one, the men didn't want to compete against the women, so they didn't want to have them being told that they could beat by a bloke. And likewise, yeah. the women wanted to have their own event so they can get recognition for that event. So yeah. you don't have um, women on the cycle, marathon or whatever you call it, going at the same time. Like the world championships are on the moment in Italy. 
You got separate men's race, separate women's race. Yeah. Okay. This was the first sport ever that had, uh, or it had been for history, a combined male and female event, and the first time a woman had beaten the men outright. And from that time, they said, uh, we can't have that separate races now. So a, um, a history-changing event happened on that particular day. Wow, fantastic. That's yeah. an awesome story. Absolutely. Now, yeah. now Graham, we're going to have to move on a little bit. And, and I'm sure you'll agree that one of the perks about coaching and handling uh, yeah. Shelley was, was the trips around the world. Yeah. Now, what was your favourite destination for an open water race? But also, what was your favourite destination in general that you'd travelled on? Oh, well... The best thing with Shelley was we did travel around the world. Um, we spent we spent a month in, in Italy, and I've been to Italy like 15 times. I think Italy, going to Rome, all that type of history, um, seeing places like Pompeii, um, mm. the Riviera, going down to Sicily, Capri, all that beautiful part of the world up there is, is, is fabulous. Um, Canada and the Canadian rivers and the, and the lakes that we swam in. So, again, another area. Um, South America, swimming down rivers, where you're, you're swimming at seven or eight kilometres an hour anyway. And then you yeah. had to go 100 kilometres and things. But my favourite one is actually New York and doing the Manhattan Island swim. Yeah. Um, the first time I went with Shelley and uh, it was, it, I've, and I've been there you know, three times, once, twice with Shelley, once with, with Bronwyn Whitehead. Mm. But, um, the first one with Shelley and... Um, we went there thinking this will be a great race to swim. And uh, she said, look, you know, I want to win this one. It's my favourite swim. I said, all right. So we flew over together. We stayed in a friend's house. We went and did the race and uh, she won it, which was fabulous. And part of that race was, again, knowing the course that she knew, she was saying to me on the homeward stretch down um, the Hudson River to mm. swim in the middle of the river because that's where the river flows the fastest. And I said, well, look, it does. But it was blowing. I don't know if it's a westerly or whatever. But the wind was blowing. So the fastest part of the river was now near the bank. And yeah. I kept saying to her, go to the bank. It's faster. And she would not listen to me. She kept wanting to swim in the middle. Now, when she swam in the middle, she was a kilometre behind the person that was in front, which was a guy from America. And I said, yeah. look, we're only swimming the same speed. If we go to the river the bank, we're going to go faster. So eventually she sort of half listened and we, <laughs> we got to the river bank and, and we were swimming faster than the bloke that was in the middle. So we just went straight past her like they were standing still and she won the event. She said, I can't thank you enough. She said, I finally listened to someone correctly about my <laughs> race course. And I said, Shelley, you know, if you'd stayed in the middle, you would have finished second, but by coming over here, you won it. Okay. So two or three years passed and then she was retiring and she wanted to do the same swim again. I said, look, mm. let's go back. Let's do it. And um, we'll see how we go. So over we go now. I, um, I couldn't travel with her at the same time. So basically I flew to New York for the weekend. And now you ever think about that? Yeah, right. I jumped on a plane in Sydney, flew. So I was in the air for, what, 12 hours to LA, change over, over to LA, over to New York, got off the plane at night, um, I took my own, my own ski paddle with me and um, jumped in a cab, went to the hotel, slept, got woken up at five o'clock in the morning. So I slept for five hours, got oh, up, no. jumped onto a ski, paddled the course with her. She won the race. I said, thanks very much. Jumped on a plane and flew home. Oh my goodness. Right? So <laughs> I actually only touched land that's in ground, I think for about 
four hours. Yeah, the rest wow. of the time I was either in the air or on the water and then flying home again. Oh, my God. So, you know, amazing. Like if someone said to you, what did you do on the weekend? I go, well, I went to New York, paddled around it and then come back. That's fantastic. And people look at me and go, no, that's bullshit. I go, that's very income. <laughs> so, so that one, I think the other thing, um, you know, going down and doing um, a TV show like 60 Minutes with yep. Shelley down the down the Piranha River in uh, in Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and yeah, that was pretty good. So, you know, I travelled the world with her, done a lot of great things, but I think New York was my favourite. Yeah, fantastic. Now, now, Graham, there was such a depth in marathon swimming at that time, and what occasion to be coaching? You know, right on Sydney's northern beaches. You know, where marathon swimmers attract the likes of surf life saving athletes and triathletes and and people from all yeah. walks of life. What were some other marathon athletes that you coached when you were at Moringa? You mess. You, you talked about uh, Bronwyn Whitehead and also yeah. Shelley as well. But who else? Oh, I had a guy named Tim Jacobs. Um, yeah. We we had the guys through the surf club. Tim Jacobs, Sarah Gibbs, um, were people who were training with us, but because of the workloads that Shelley and Bron were doing, they got sucked into doing that distance yeah. workouts. And yeah. because they were doing, I said, "Well, let's go and do the Australian Championships, or let's do the state, yeah. or do an ocean swim." So they got dragged along. Now, one particular year in Perth, we won the thirteen-year girls, the fourteen-year boys. We got first and third. Um, the 16-year girls, we got second. I think the 16-year-old boys, we got third. So at that championships, and, and, and Shelley won the 5K uh, and the 25K um, over there in Perth. So mm. we did quite well from like seven athletes. I think we got second on the overall point score for that yeah, year. Yeah, wow. Um, so things like that. But we would train in, in, in that area. We had Manly Dam and we had... Um, Manly Beach and Shelley Beach swim. Now, right now, every Manly's dog goes down to Shelley Beach and swim across to Manly on that yeah. section. Yeah. Well, when we were doing it, there was nobody. We were the only ones sort of doing it up and down, yeah, right. up and down. Yeah. Right? And um, the big things we did in training, well, we would do 100K, 110K weeks for five or six weeks to build yeah, up wow. endurance. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest sets we did with Bronwyn was uh, we did 50 times mm. 400 meters. Wow. All right. So that's a 20 kilometer set in the pool. Um, and oh, I've got it written down every time she did. Uh, we went on six minutes for 10, yep. 545 for 10, 530 for 10. Then we went back to 545 and then six minutes. Now, as she went through it, she got faster and faster and faster. The mm. first 400 was 445. Her last 400 <laughs> was 445. Wow. Okay? So That's incredible. Yeah, and anyway, she went on and she represented uh, Australia at the World Championships for the first time in the 5K mm. and then multiple opportunities in 25K at the Pan Packs in Victoria and so on. And um, as, as well, as, well as multiple other Australian titles when there wasn't a team being selected. But, uh, you know, we, we had a good bunch of people there. Um, one other swimmer was Peter Jacobs, who was Tim Jacobs' brother, mm. went on and won Hawaii triathlon. So I think the groundwork we did in distance training um, led on to them doing well in other multiple endurance sports. Yeah, fantastic.
Sick, fantastic. Moving on, Graham, and, and after this, we'll also be talking to uh, more honorees, Gary and Susie Toner, mm-hmm. um, and they got inducted into the Hall of Fame the same time as you. And in your congratulations to Gary on social media, you mentioned that you guys had a little bit of a rivalry with with, with Team Toner. Please tell us about that. <laughs> well, Gary rose, to the, rose up with his swimmers as well at the same yeah. time we were coming through. And basically if you wanted to represent Australia in open swimming, you're either in his team or you're in my team. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Now, they were based here on the central coast at Gosford Pool, so they're yeah. literally an hour away from where I was at Warringah. Yeah. Um, he had Grant Robinson, Tracy Knowles, Kelly Driffield. They're like, the list goes on with his group. Mm. And because we were from New South Wales, we would meet at state titles. And, and back then, um, the handler or your coach, they paddled the race with you and fed you. So we would be in little kayaks or surfboards or whatever equipment we had to paddle next to the athlete. Yeah. Not like they have now where they have a pontoon. We were out on the water and yeah, right. you want each coach one of their swimmer to win. So you would do things like block the path of their swimmer <laughs> or, you know, you would put your kayak up. If they were overtaking each other, to get the best result, you would put your kayak in between the two of them. Oh no. Right. So <laughs> it was, it was, I won't say gamemanship, but it was trying to get the best for your athlete to win yeah. without impeding on the rules too much. But and we would <laughs> give it to each other. <laughs> we, we'd give it to each other out in the water. And it's, it's like, you know, I won't say best mates um, afterwards, but we were friends. Yeah. You know? And I, I swam against Gary years ago and we, we once just wanted our athletes to win that bad that we would do anything we could to help them do it. When we were on a team together, like the Australian team, we were mm. best mates. We, we had a ball. Yeah, fantastic. You know, we travelled together. Um, you know, in, in, and Gary might tell you about the time in, in Fukuoka where the canoes they put us into all the little blow-up rubber dinghies. Both of us couldn't fit in them with two other people. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and they had storms come up and pontoons blew away. And, you know, we looked after each other when we were away as Australian people do. But yeah. when we were you know, competing against each other, our yeah. clubs, we wanted our athletes to win. So the rivalry was uh, a healthy one. It made us better. It made our swimmers tough. And uh, we have total respect for what each other has done in, in, in the world of coaching, open water swimming. And, and mate, he had some great athletes, I'll tell you. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you mentioned uh, New York was one of your favourite memories with Shelley, but does anything else top that? What has been your, your favourite, favourite memory of marathon of your marathon swimming career? Um, well, there was one race. We swam up at uh, the Magnetic Island to Townsville Swim. And yeah. This is a, an after-party event where <clears throat> they used to swim in a shark cage. I, I should mention, actually, the, the, the swim Shelley did to Wollongong the shark cage was yeah. another one event. But... Yeah. Um, the one in Magdalene Island was Shelley won the event and um, the sponsors at the end of the day said, look, the bar's open, have what you want. Right. <laughs> so what happened was Shelley and I were having a great time. We hadn't been to Queens up that far before and we just had a few drinks and we just kept talking and partying and partying and drinking and more and more people came and joined us. And next thing you know, there's, 20 of us, and I just said, oh, the bar's open, let's go. So I think we drank the place dry. And the next day, the owner said, um, you owe me like $2,000. I said, what for? And he goes, all oh, the alcohol you drank. I said, hang on a minute. He said it was, it was open. They said, 
yeah, just for you and Shelly, not for every other bastard. Oh, no. <laughs> and anyway, I, I said to them, I said, look, I, I don't have that kind of money. I'm so sorry. He said, yeah, my mistake. And I said, mate, um, I'll be back next year. I'll help you out. Anyway, I've never been back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, but that was just one thing. I think Shelly ended up helping him out with the, with the money. So it go. was funny. But um, like every, every, every race we've done around the world has been fantastic. It's all been fun. Um, I think the opportunities were, you know, opening the eyes of Australians to, to open water swimming. Yeah. Like Shelly and I, we've both been on 60 Minutes for um, a, a short story there on her. For, and they came over to Argentina and, and watched her swim. Um, going on This Is Your Life with her. Yeah. So that's another great thing. Um, you name the sports programs we've been on together, even live and sweaty with Ellen McFeast years ago, which was a, a comedy sports show, you know, things like that. Plus countless, countless um, opportunities in the media, you know, but um, Shelly and I are still great friends. We talk regularly. We, she's not coaching in Perth. So she rings me up and wants to have a training session. Um, so I give it to her and, and likewise if her swimmers come over here they'll, they might end up on my doorstep at some point so you know open water opened up a lot of doors and it's been a great a great thing for Australian swimming Oh awesome and we'll end on that note because that's a fantastic note to end on Graham thank you so much for coming on the show mate My pleasure Lachlan you take care Well some fantastic stories there from Graham and there's more to come Right now, it is Gary and Susie Toner from the infamous Team Toner. So we've just spoken to uh, Graham Carroll, who got inducted into the Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame. And now we are talking to two more people who are part of the inaugural Hall of Fame inductees and the two people behind, behind the helm of the infamous Team Toner. It is Gary and Susie Toner. Guys, how are you? We're great, thank you. Great, thanks, Lucky. And we're just speaking uh, off camera that um, you guys had your state champs in the weekend and Caloundra came away with 10 medals. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, also big congratulations on being inducted into the Australian Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame. Obviously in the COVID era we are in, you know, there couldn't be a ceremony or an awards night for you guys to dress up and, and put your suit and tie on Gary and, and wear a nice dress, Susie. So how did you guys find out the news? Uh, well, I was part of the committee um, that was headed by uh, Chris Gesden, who's into, in the International Hall of Fame for Marathon Swimming, and was mm. his brainchild. And he put together a team to go through about a thousand uh, people's resumes. Mm. And uh, after um, meeting a number of times, he made a, a final decision with uh, a unanimous group of people. and. Uh, we, they, an email was sent out to all the uh, lucky attend, uh, inductees, uh, advising them of their um, induction into the inaugural class. Now, there will be other classes uh, being announced. There'll be one every three months for the next 12 months. So there'll be mm -hmm. more people to come. And then hopefully wow. we we'll may be able to get a chance one day to all get together to celebrate. That'd be fantastic. So, so, so you guys kind of knew before uh, the honorees came out that you were in the shot at least to, to get into the, uh, the, the hall of fame. Gary knew I, I found out from Gary via text. So how professional, how professional. So Susie, how did you feel when you received that text? What was your reaction? 
Uh, look, the whole um, process then, since then, and Gary's worked a lot with getting photos and, and historical references, just the reflection on all the things that we did, uh, it's just amazing. It's a, a lifetime of travel and racing and, and people and just outstanding memories. And it was a great journey at the time. And yeah, it's nice to relive that and be recognized for it. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Now, where did you guys start your marathon swimming coaching career? Because I know that you built up um, one of my old uh, swim pools of Gossard Pool to a marathon swimming uh, mecca in, in a sense. Uh, yeah, so, so my marathon swimming start really began actually when I was swimming at Gosford myself. I oh, actually wow. did and won the inaugural 10-kilometer swim from Woi Woi to Gosford in the festival of waters there. Oh, wow. And yeah. so, yeah, that was before you were even born, Lockie. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I represented Woi Woi. You're a Woi Woi swim club boy too. Yes, I am. Yeah. And now, and now Graham's at Woi Woi too. So, you know, it's amazing how the world comes around. But when I, when I came back to Gosford to become the coach there in 1987, um, mm. I basically was looking after an age group program and, mm. We had lots and lots of kids um, going to lots of carnivals, but we're also a big surf environment there. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of the events, kids wanted to go out and race in the surf, and we just started to build an age group program there. Um, and Susie came along in 1991, and she brought another, uh, a lot of experiences and, and great nurturing uh, to that program. And then by 1993, we, we were rocking it on the open water circuit. Yeah, fantastic. Wow, wow. So it kind of happened all really quickly there on the coast. That's fantastic. Now, um, Susie, I'll start with you. Uh, what was it like coaching with your partner? So coaching with Gary has probably been the best work that I've ever done in my life because not only is he my husband, but he was a terrific mentor and always made me think outside the box. I think when I first came to Australia, I really thought that I knew everything as a coach and I had been trained by some top coaches. I'd worked with Eddie Reese and Mark Schubert and Chris Davis mm. was my age group coach. And I really thought that I, I knew a lot. And um, <laughs> after spending a few months in Gary's program and he really thinks outside the box, like some of his training, I guess he'll talk about, but doesn't just have to be up and down the black line. And when we took it out of the black line training, whether it was in a lake, pond, ocean, just you just saw kids grow up and, and what a difference we made in their self-confidence and resilience. So even if they got back and raced in the pool, having mm. this extracurricular swimming, there's just um, a big growth. And it just made the swimming, all the pool swimmers and the ocean swimmers and the surf swimmers and our marathon swimmers, all swim better. Yeah, fantastic. But, and Gary, what about you? Uh, well, we complement each other um, really well. Uh, you know, I get uh, overexcited. Uh, pro probably, <laughs> you know, I want this now, and we're going to work on how to get this now. And you know, Susie's the the good cop, and sometimes I was the bad cop. And we we, you know, Susie was great <laughs> with the development group coming through, and allowed me then to focus on some of the more uh, senior athletes we had. Um, and take and help that helped me take them to the next level, uh, and so that was very important. How we 
complemented each other through that coaching program. I mm. often translated Gary. Yeah. yeah. My American accent, Gary was a grunt, 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 grunt. And I would translate that into nice terms or to parents, <laughs> parental terms. I would talk to the parents, uh, did a lot of feeding of the team and made sure they got their nutrition going. But uh, yeah, we, we knew what each other was thinking on the opposite sides of the deck. And that's why we really worked. And that was from day one. Um, just, he would be across doing the same thing I was doing and we'd switch just automatically without words or hand signals. So we were on the same page from, from day one, which is pretty exciting. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and it's safe to say that, you know, you guys had a killer team and it, and it was then titled Team Toner. How do you feel to have the title of producing the most marathon swimmers from one club, which was seven swimmers, to represent Australia in 25 kilometer events and longer? It, it was exciting. Um, and every time one of those athletes made a team, and I, I'm just, just saying it now, it gives me goosebumps, <laughs> you know? It, 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 it was something that we, we had dreamed to achieve to, to get kids to represent their country, but it, it was the mm. changes in them, in their, in their personality, the, the way they grew confidence, um, the way they were able to lead others as well. You know, you, you get one coming through and, and uh, all of a sudden you get another one coming through and all of a sudden you get five, six coming through. And, and while, you know, we were lucky to get seven to represent at that level, there was another 50 who could have. Yeah, wow. There was that many kids at, at that state and national level in our open water program who, if you finished third, you didn't make the team at the Australian Championships. Wow. You know, they only take one of the first two finishes. Mm. And so we had many finish third, fourth, fifth, and sixth in the national <laughs> championships and still not make a team. Wow. That, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? Just to be, come that close um, and, and pipped by the post for an Australian team, you know, by your training partner. That's, that's so tough to, to, to handle, I guess. And that team that you had, you managed to win, you know, as you said, uh, nearly every place from first to 10th, and you managed to win multiple Australian open water point scores. How many times... Did you win the open water point score and, and what years were they? Yeah, I went back and I've been starting to look at that. And it looks like we won our first title in 1992, um, which was held at Manly in the age groups. And the, that's the 13-year-old girls, Tracy Knowles, who went on to represent Australia, won her first Australian eight-kilometre championship as, an eight, as a 13-year-old then in 1992. Wow. She went on to win every year until she ended the, got into the open competition and then went on to represent Australia. And wow. she, she wasn't the only one. There's, you know, in that group is people like Madeline Phillips, who went on to represent Australia, Nathan Vendram. And they all started in that age group program doing the eight kilometer races, which is what the, the distance was back then. And uh, yeah, it was exciting. And as, the, as, as more kids got medals at those national championships, more wanted to join the program. Wow, that's incredible. That's amazing. Now, you guys had the privilege to, to travel, you know, all over the world with marathon, with marathon swimming. And, and uh, Susie, I'll start with you. What was your favorite destination, not just for an open water race, but also the favorite destination in general? Graham says his was uh, swimming around uh, Manhattan uh, with Shelley Taylor-Smith. But what was yours? So, uh, 1995, Walter Sisley? At six, 96. 96. 
Uh, so we did the World Cup first in Evian, Lake Evian. That was pretty amazing. But then we did some team events down um, in Italy and we did a swim from Malta to Sicily. Mm -hmm. uh, everything from the palace that we stayed in to <laughs> running across the docks in the middle of the night because the race was sponsored by the mafia and we weren't supposed to get on this boat and we got <laughs> on this boat in the middle of the night and there were dogs barking and we were running and then we're like no lights out to go across to wherever we went so we were just blindly following what we were supposed to do to get to this race and then we were in a pirate ship basically for the race a big wooden schooner type ship that yeah. we were competing against the Italians and, who was and a, the French and, and the French. Egyptians and, and that was the Hungarians. most and swimming through the night in the middle of the night and yeah the boat broke down and Gary says Grant keep going and there's no lights and Grant's just <laughs> swimming off into the darkness in the middle of the yeah it was it was some oh crazy goodness. time it sounds that more, was the most amazing trip for me definitely sounds more like a uh like a a uh a maritime world war with pirate ships. I can just imagine pirate it, ships with French flags and Italian flags oh, and Australian and there flags. Was, you know, some, <laughs> some illegal things going on in terms of maybe dragging <laughs> on the boat or, you know. Oh, right, yeah. All interesting. It was good <laughs> Gary, what about yourself? You know, um, like Graham, you know, I like the American races, but my favorite one was Atlantic City. Yeah, uh, great venue. You got all the casinos there along the foreshore. You come out and swim into the ocean, but the challenge of Atlantic City is that once you enter back into the bay, you're swimming against the current, mm. and it is so hard. And they have thousands of people lined up along the beach and then and and into the bay, all cheering everybody on. It's a it's an event that's televised live. It has thousands of people watching it. Great, a great event for me uh, and, and uh, great memories of that. Um, but, you know, races that, that really stick in my mind and venues that were different is like going to race the Nile Marathon in Egypt. Wow. All right. Where, where, <laughs> where rubber, we're all in rubber boats and our, our, our IRBs are crashing over each another team's <laughs> IRB and you get into a little bit of a push and shove with your competitor coaches yeah. and then there's dead cows floating down oh, the river oh no <laughs> and yes and, and, or, or someone's going to the bathroom as you swim past them oh no <laughs> so 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 that race um, while the venue was absolutely awesome we got to see the pyramids and a whole lot of of, of cairo and that that race has some very dramatic moments in it <laughs> Oh, that's, I that's think Graham, insane. Graham mentioned to you about Fukuoka. He did, uh, yeah. Going up to Japan and you know, it's a typhoon and we try and get in the boats and swim, do this race and our boats keep sinking. <laughs> the swimmers keep going. <laughs> oh, My that's boat was crazy. fine. My boat was oh, was it? Oh, lucky you, Susie. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, now, guys, uh, Graham was saying that he was on, you know, 60 Minutes and, and uh, Shelley Taylor's This Is Your Life, but you guys went one better and appeared on Hey Hey at Saturday. Please tell us a bit about that. <laughs> uh, that, that event was uh, uh, an event to, to build confidence, not only in our, in our two swimmers going to the world champs, 
um, but it was also uh, uh, for our whole team. And it was the, it was the launch of the Mingara Aquatic Center on the Central Coast that uh, I ran for the mm. first three years. And so with Hey Hey, um, we, we can let them know that we were going to go for the 24 hour world record for both the men and women's swimming in a pool, mm. um, which was at that time held by Susie Maroney. And um, yep. I can't remember who held the men's, some guy from uh, in the Netherlands. And um, we had Grant Robinson swim on that and uh, Kelly Dreadfield. They both set the individual world records, but the team itself, our open water team got in the water and swam beside them in, in a relay fashion the whole 24 hours. We had thousands of people. We gave the open the facility up for free. Thousands of people came to the facility. See it. We did live crosses to Daryl. He did interviews. You know, in a, in a marathon swim where you're going for a 24 hour world record, you're allowed mm -hmm. five minutes out of the water every couple of hours. So oh, uh, I think uh, we pulled him out at one stop so he could get some food in. They did a live cross to him, talk to him. And it brought marathon swimming to the Australian prime time slot on a Saturday night. Wow. And uh, that was a great achievement to bring, bring the sport into the limelight. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, uh, Graham did mention uh, that during uh, your guys' little rivalry that you had, that uh, there was a bit of a, uh, what was it? You said bending the rules, uh, slightly um, to kind of favor your swimmer, whether that was putting a kayak in between of the two swimmers or, uh, you know, uh, strategically blocking the other swimmer or something like that. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your rivalry uh, with Graham and also between Graham's squad and Team Toner? Uh, well, first of all, Graham, I go back to high school swimming, all right? Yeah, so right. about 12 years of age. Uh, Graham was from Asquith, you know, I'm from Woi Woi. Um, but when we got to high school swimming, we were in the same zone, the North yeah. Sydney zone. And so, you know, our rivalry goes back <laughs> right, right <laughs> to high school. And, and Graham was doing amazing things with Shelley Taylor-Smith. I, I admired what he was doing. And, and it incentivized me to say, how can we get to this level? Mm. And, and so, you know, really, you know, Graham was, is, was a true motivator for me and, and Susie to, to do things, look, look at things differently, be strategic. There's no rules for it. Create your own <laughs> rules. And, 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 you know, the advantage, Graham, you know, had, had one swimmer at a time. He had Shelley and then later on he had Bronwyn and he had one or two other swimmers. We had the advantage of having a team of 20 and 30 open water swimmers. Yeah. We worked it like the cycling races. We had a peloton. We knew who to put out in front. We knew how, who to hold back. We knew when to slingshot. <laughs> we, we, were, we, we used strategy to the greatest extent we possibly could within the rules. Yeah, and Graham would That's use fantastic. running his mouth, actually, when he was paddling. That was Graham's biggest. Yeah. <laughs> He well, Susie, he, he was he saying, talking. he was saying that, you know, we would, we, that, 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 there was a bit of smack talking going on uh, yes, uh, yes. in the boat, but when you were outside of the boat, you were good mates. Um, yes. But that's fantastic. And he, right. I think that's fantastic. Right, yeah, if you can keep up with me, Graham, come on. <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. And you guys were in such close proximity as well. You know, he was uh, training out at Warringah and you guys uh, up at um, up at Gosford there. So only an hour and a half distant difference between you guys uh, and you'd meet at state championships and stuff like that. Was it very important, you know, to Australian, well, New South Wales marathon swimming and Australian swimming that you guys were so close together? Because you were the dominating force at the time, weren't you? Yes, I, I think having, having Graham down at Manly, and, and being able to come down there and race at Manly Dam, which was the key race spot. And then us on the Central Coast. And we opened up our training program to uh, anyone who wanted to come and join us. So in, in around 1995, 96, um, coaches from Barker, Peter Clark from Barker, and John Young from Macquarie there, they, they brought started bringing their teams up and joining us um, for our open water training sessions on weekends. And they'd bring, you know, six, seven, eight swimmers up. All of a sudden, we've got 50 kids, 60 kids in the water every weekend racing together. And that yeah. really built up the, the level of competition. Yeah, wow. That's fantastic. Now, uh, guys, what has been your favorite moment of your marathon swimming career? Not so much the favorite destination. What's your favorite moment? Um, I'm all about the training. I I, there were a couple of days, um, Gary would often say, okay, you've got four hours with Grant in this body of water and Grant and I would go and we'd, we'd get the job done. And, and there were a couple of days that we felt like we were the only people on the planet. Um, I guess that reminds me of, we started a race down in Albury. Albury. Uh, I don't know what time in the morning it was, but it was pitch dark. It was thundering and lightning and oh, no. all these trees were sticking out of the ground like skeletons mm. and that's how we started this race that's how we put our swimmers in the water <laughs> in metal boats with the thunder <laughs> and the lightning that that will stay with me forever good times good times yeah yeah and you gary you know i get really emotional when i'm talking about yeah. the swimmers and, and and you know i'm always proud of when one of them wins on the international stage or makes their first Australian team because that's an achievement that not many people have. And, you know, when you combine open water swimming and pool swimming together, and we're only up to 800 swimmers who have ever represented Australia at that level, that's a really special thing. But I think what, what my greatest feeling and accomplishment is about all the swimmers being able to achieve something they never thought they could do. And we had many swimmers who they weren't going to be a great pool swimmer or they weren't, you know, never going to win a medal at state in, in, the, in the pool or a medal at the country championships, but they were able to achieve something they, in the open water, whether it was sw swimming a three-kilometre race or a five-kilometre race, which grew their confidence. And I think while we had a, a really good elite team, we had such a strong base of a pyramid of swimmers who are now still our lifelong friends. And I think that's the most important thing. I go down uh, to visit Central Coast when I go and visit my mum there. She's uh, 91 next month. And, and I catch up with some of these swimmers who have never represented Australia, but we go and have lunch or we all go out for dinner and we still have those lifelong friendships. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, guys, once again, congratulations for being uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. And thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Thank you Thanks, for having Lockie. us. Take care.
Thanks for listening to that episode. And if you enjoyed this or in fact any of our episodes, please share it with your friends and family or anyone who might enjoy the Soon.Rocks podcast. If you ever want to get in touch with us, please feel free to message us on our Instagram and Facebook pages or on our digital community. Well, guys, that's all for this week. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay dry.